listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch TV about New Jersey. I am Jody, And I'm Andrea. And today, we're recapping season two, the whole thing, of the Showtime series <laughs> Yellow Jackets. We did it, Andrea. We did it. A whole a whole show. Well, not a, a whole, whole show. season. A whole season. Yeah. That was my little we did it, Joe. We're <laughs> joke. It didn't land, though. I tried. I'm so sorry. I had a little intro joke that oh no did died. I and I ruined it. That's okay. You That's, ruined it. I'm not. I'm not a uh, terminally online enough to get all the memes. You know. Oh yeah, that, yeah I am. I also absolutely I am. am. I just. I was. I was thinking. Here's what happened. Is I said a whole show, and then I was thinking <laughs> about the fact that it like. I know it was only ten. Well, oh, excuse me. Pardon me. I know it was only <laughs> <laughs> nine episodes, but it feels like an accomplishment. You know. We did it does. It. <laughs> it does. And I was right. You would you like to take a moment? I really fucking like being right. <laughs> like it's an unpleasant part of my personality. Look, we've all got stuff. You don't you love being right. Misty I love being is right. a murderer. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. I don't want to say I got a lot of shit on Reddit. I got a little bit of shit on well, Reddit. I would say for that my insistence, even if you directly be in episode ten, didn't get a lot of shit. People were really people. mad at the idea of people thinking there might be a bonus episode. I know, I know, <laughs> and I was convinced. It was really funny to see how angry some people were at just this simple suggestion. That we might yeah. get a mid-season, or mid-season, that's not the word. Or yeah, off-season. An off-season episode. Yeah. Yeah, I never said that it was going to come right after episode nine. <laughs> but but it could have. I also love the the revelation for our listeners who maybe don't spend a ton of time online. Um, it was just a somebody on Twitter was saying like they'd, they'd waited up really late um, hoping for that bonus episode. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Ashley Lyle just straight up yeah. just <laughs> responded to that one person and was like, yeah. we, we should pull the tweet up because it's really actually kind of lovely because I love that that's how we got confirmation. Was yeah, just like, I know. No official anything. Uh-huh. Just her being like, oh, honey. Oh, no. <laughs> actually, this is really funny. So the person who posted initially is uh, Elvin Nash's. Uh, Antler Queen on Twitter posted, listen, I watched a live stream of a burning candle and the freaking Super Bowl on the blind hope of a trailer. <laughs> Staying up a couple of hours late on the off chance of a bonus episode, walk in the park. And Ashley responded, no, go to bed, get some rest. There will be a bonus episode between seasons, but I love you guys and I don't want y'all to lose sleep thinking it's tonight. And that's how we found out. So funny. It's so sweet and... And very fun, and and I like that it was a reply to somebody who was not being a pain in the ass about it. They were just like yeah. being kind of fun, and yeah, that's so funny. Because I don't know if I said this on mic last week, but like I never said that. <laughs> I'm getting defensive. I never said it was going to be right after season, uh, episode nine. No, but what what I said either to you or on mic, I can't remember, was that I could see it being some sort of like internet i was gonna say yeah i think you didn't even say necessarily that it would be like a full episode right yeah i think yeah you were just of the mind that like they shot it and shared it and like and shared proof of it which they wouldn't do if they didn't have planned for some release yeah right and i know that you know a lot of stuff has gotten cut 
from episodes this season. And I think maybe we should have like a quick chat about that first mm-hmm. before we talk about anything else, just because yeah. there's been a lot of conversation about cutscenes and things that we're missing and production issues. Um, and maybe that being why some of episode nine mm-hmm. felt kind of choppy mm-hmm. and rushed. Um, and whatever the reason for that, you know, I read that the original cut of the first of the last episode of the season was actually 90 minutes long. That's a and lot like, of show. That's Yeah. That's like a third of the show mm-hmm. basically cut. And, you know, I think that they were a little bit rushed because of some of the, I don't know if we talked about this, but apparently during episode six, the birth episode, they lost a ton of footage. We haven't talked about this. Yeah. The, somehow, like, the card got... I mean, I, as a photographer, <laughs> the card getting corrupted is like, uh, um, But, the you know, something happened to a bunch of the footage they'd shot of the birth scene itself. Oh, wow. Which is, like, a horrific thing to have to go back and yeah. reshoot. Um, and so that put them behind as well. And so, you know, nobody's come out and said, like, this is why it was nine episodes instead of ten. But there's a lot of chatter, I guess, about lots of production things that happened Mm -hmm. that could explain why there was sort of a less than um overwhelmingly positive reaction to the last episode and the last two episodes yeah and i think something that we didn't really talk about last week um too much but that everybody does know is that juliette lewis was not intending to stick around for all five seasons right so her character had to make an exit in some way Um, yeah all of that said, I don't, I was, we were talking a little bit off mic about this and I was wondering, I've been trying to decide what, knowing that for all of those reasons, this episode needed to end with um, Nat's death, mm-hmm. what I would have needed to have seen and or, and or to be different to feel, and oh, that sounds so entitled. I don't mean that. I'm not one of, <laughs> I'm not one of those TV watchers. What I would have, what would have felt more satisfying for me as a watcher what i would have um wanted to have seen on this screen to to feel more um to feel like this was more of like a satisfying resolution than it did feel to me Mm -hmm. generally um and i don't i don't know i mean the only for me it's i this is an easy one and it's one that we've all talked about and i don't know what this would even look like but i it's more acceptance on Nat's side. It is so painful and yes. painful in a way that isn't just to me like, um, well, sometimes tragedy happens and sometimes things don't resolve the way you want. And sometimes people die and it's not, you know, like I'm okay with that, but is, this just didn't feel, um, but maybe like, that's why it's so uncomfortable is because it feels kind of real. Like people don't generally go into death just like, this is fine. Yeah. I think, it feels I want uh, I worry that that's me trying to like to like work myself into feeling better about it because it doesn't feel honest to this story to me for Nat to have gone out that way right um, I mean so I I rewatched all of season two <laughs> in the past few days you are a I, soldier in our in our army that we I am someone who had dental surgery for. two weeks ago and am having a hard time recovering from it. <laughs> and so I've been watching I really a lot of television. Love that this is a show that you and I have kind of like managed to hitch to our like uh various various, illnesses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I did go back and rewatch. And it was interesting because it settled a few things for me in a good way. It actually, watching it all back to back, there were certain things that I think I was able to see the progression of better and it didn't feel so jarring at Mm -hmm. the end. And we'll talk a little bit about that, I think, when we talk about the characters. Specifically with Lottie and with Nat, I felt like the adult versions of them watching it start to finish, it made a bit more sense to me. Okay. All of it. Cool. Up until (laughs) the very end. And not even so much Nat's death as an event. And not even how Nat reacted to her death. The plane scene. Yeah. The plane scene to me is what sticks (laughs) sticks in my craw. Totally. So... I guess we don't really have a, a plan for how this episode is no, going to go, and so I, know I can we just talk said about it. The word recap, but I think this is not a recap. <laughs> I think I think review, recap, wrap up, yeah. uh, state of the wrap union, <laughs> state of the union. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's our it's our commencement speech. No, that's not a thing. Um, but so okay, so I'll just talk about it. Um, so on my rewatch, I did see the seeds that the writers planted throughout the season with Lottie and Nat in 2021. Mm -hmm. I did see Lottie from the very first episode from one to nine, I saw her start to sort of like lose it, fall into it a bit more each episode. Mm -hmm. And like, I saw the accumulation on her psyche of each person coming back into her life. Mm. So every time someone from the group kind of shows up or reappears in her life, we see her kind of lose it a little bit more. Right. And watching that happen step by step in a in quick quick succession made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I also thinking about Nat in a different way in 2021. I remember having us having a conversation about how I was like is she really buying into all of this? Right. Is she not? And then we talked about how like the Lisa of it all really um, complicated that because she kind of was responding to Lisa more than to Lottie mm-hmm. and the environment. And I started thinking about it um, from the perspective of Nat as a character who has been sort of this like seeking open wound for a lot of her adult mm-hmm. life, who has really wanted a way to not shove all this down necessarily, but solve it or Mm -hmm. deal with it or cope with it in in a much more present way in her everyday life than the rest of them. Totally. Yeah. You know? And so it's actually not that wild to me that within a couple of days of being there, she would be like, you know what? Like whatever works, like if this is going to help me, like, and you know, she's skeptical. Right. But But even just it's so, as soon as you said that, I was brought back to her, like, real first, like, appearance or whatever um, with the show is her, I mean, it's her leaving rehab. But the first thing she does is seek out somebody from the old crew to deal with it in whatever way she was going to deal with it. Nobody else is doing that. They're all <laughs> with living a rifle. with a rifle, <laughs> but that's one way to handle things. But I just mean, like... That's a right. head on like admission of at least or like yeah. recognition of your past in a way that nobody else is doing. Well, yeah, and we're led to believe that that's because of the postcards, but but also still. it does feel to, 
Yeah, and it feels to me like... It's much more active, I should say. Even Ty, her way, like, her interaction with her past is to hire someone else to dig around in secret and make sure that it's going to stay hidden. Like, I think they're the only two who are actively engaging, at least in those first couple episodes in season one, with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can just see in that way how different it is and how... Even though, even though we think of Nat as somebody, because she's, you know, she's a drug user and whatever and all of that. And so you think of that as a way of, like, um, trying to, like, hide it or uh, soften it or whatever. But I don't think that's what's going on with her. And you saying that, like, it really is from kind of day one with her. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, she's, like, to me, she's seeking something the entire time. And, like, rehab is not the place to deal with it. She's not going to deal with it among strangers. Right. Like, we know that she's basically made a pact with all of these women that they're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So places like, you know, 12-step groups and rehabs and all of that are only really going to deal with the addiction part of it and not what's causing it because you can't talk honestly right. in those spaces about it. Right. And so... I do think that looking back at it and watching the episodes back to back, I kind of, I can see why Nat as a character would get there, be like, this is all bullshit, but then meet Lisa, see that even though this may all actually be bullshit, there are nuggets of actual like truth in there. Mm -hmm. And it's a place where she can be more honest about what she's been through because the person leading the place was there right and also because lisa doesn't seem to give a shit what they did in the woods (laughs) until the very end right um and so i think that it's the first time she's been in a place that is quote-unquote therapeutic that doesn't have the same restrictions in honesty Mm -hmm. that other places she's been to have for her like totally Theoretically, when you go to a 12-step group or you go to rehab, you're supposed to be super honest about your worst (laughs) things and your worst times so that you can, like, you know, integrate it and, you know, move on. But you can't do that if you've made a pact with a bunch of other cannibals. Like, (laughs) you know. And so, I don't know. It did make sense to me watching it the second time to see her kind of open up to it as quickly as she did. I know people felt it was sort of disingenuous and I did while I watched it the first time, but I don't think I felt that way the second time. We've both said you just kind of reiterated there, like Nat starting to bond with Lisa seemed to have opened her up in a way that we were hoping would lead to a kind of healing. Um, Mm. But it was less than a week ago that she did have a gun in her mouth. Like Nat isn't, Nat has been close to death in ways that me like in like a near death way and also in just a proximity way her whole life. So it's not totally unbelievable that she would have jumped in front of Lisa. And and that part that part I'm I'm okay with. It's like you said, it's if if she's willing to do that and for all those reasons that we talked about, then the plane scene, her reaction on the plane scene in the plane scene for me makes no sense and is like unfair to her character for her to be mm. I, w- I kind of want to pull apart her reaction and the plane uh-huh. because her reaction that sort of horror at death I think still does make sense given that she was trying to make progress mm-hmm. 
Like she was not in a place where she had given up. She was basically like, come on guys, let's sit down and talk about this. We've got to move forward. Like, so she was not like, I'm prepared to die. She had kind of, you know, she was very unstable at that little juncture, but she was kind of leaning towards Jody, we can get through this. You're so smart because it's <laughs> it's not I'm so wrong because it's not that the the thing that makes me feel like better about her death and worse actually about the plane scene now though is her jumping in front of Lisa not as a death wish which could no. have been a thing too like oh this is yeah. a reckless thing I'm doing because who cares I'm ready to die and more it of like that. I'm protecting and I wasn't thinking of it that way. I just hadn't. Yeah. I just hadn't articulated this for myself yet. To this is you're cracking open where my issue really is. Is that she jumped in front of Lisa to save her because this is somebody she cares about, and she is seeing this as having meaning, and it does matter. And mm-hmm. so for her to die in spite of that is yeah, like is so fucked up. And honestly, like. This is where I think I we're kind of like finding the needle in the haystack for me anyway, is that it's not the fact that she died after that. Like, I can accept people die in shitty fucking ways, mm-hmm. right? Right. People right. die at the wrong time, mm-hmm. all the time, every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if, if Juliette Lewis was like, I'm only doing two seasons, you need to get me out of this somehow you know, it makes the most sense to have her kind of like sacrifice herself in this way that she didn't for Javi and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm okay with all of that. Why put her on a fucking plane I with know. Lottie yeah. and Javi and her young self? That's the piece. And I fucking love this show and I don't want to come off as overly critical because I do think overall, now that I've rewatched it, I did very much enjoy this season. And mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think we ever thought we weren't going to, but... No. That plane scene just kind of took me out of the, like, if they had just, okay. I was going to say, are you saying no plane scene or different plane scene? I'm saying, I'm she saying maybe. She also anything. I like so much when they show them eating stuff in the, it's such a fun little, you know, Jackie drinks the cocoa. Right. Lottie right. doesn't eat the serve noodles. Their, we can serve her some, some peanuts yeah. on the plane. <laughs> some Biscoff. And then that, that's how you know. And a ginger ale. Because yeah. ginger ale is the thing to have on a plane. That is the um, inner. I will drink a hot coffee on a plane any day of the week like a monster. Just bad, yeah. bad plane I'm a ginger coffee. ale, a ginger ale and uh, some pretzels. Uh-huh. But so, and again, I am not a television person. And I would never profess to have an idea that is better than what they came up with. <laughs> All I am saying. It's never stopped anybody else on the internet. So I don't know why you feel like you've got to be careful. Because I I have so much respect for what they've given us. Um, But I think you take that plane scene out. And you just have Nat die. Maybe it doesn't fit with the feeling of the rest of the show. Maybe it does need to have something. I think there even like we had a death scene with Jackie. Exactly. But I think maybe it's not the plane. Or maybe it's the plane, but it's a different plane. Or maybe it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there was an, uh, something was off for me in the, the, like, what plane was that? It wasn't their plane. No. Was it the plane they were rescued in? I don't know. What, but it was just, it didn't, plane. it didn't fit. 
Yeah. And like the people that were there, and this has been talked to death on Reddit and everywhere else, but I just think that for me, everything leading up to that now in a rewatch, I follow and I can see the sort of like, I can see her death as sort of a necessary tragedy Mm -hmm. almost and as a tragedy, as a the person who has been the most openly fighting all of these demons this whole time, just when she's starting to deal with it, turn a corner, maybe care for other people in a new way, that's when her life ends. It's awful and it's terrible and it's tragic. And like, maybe that's fitting. Right, right. Then to put her on this plane and <laughs> have so her do right, horror yeah. face. It's not fair, just, but it doesn't. So a lot of right. things aren't like. But I think that they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the sort of seriousness of that moment by then flipping to a scene that was that plain thing with the younger selves where it it felt less sincere almost well and we keep saying it but there the reasons they're like but but why right like it's even if we take her reaction to what's going on out of it if we just take it at like the like whatever is happening there on the screen javi makes sense because he he, it makes sense that he would be there her younger self makes a kind of sense um that she would be there it's also just nice to see the two nats so so i'm fine with that i know i just travis no but like but you know um especially if we want to do some sort of like Maybe one of the things that they all need to do as adults is accept what they did as as young people and kind of like that's that division they've put. They need to like, you know, like maybe these these girls probably need to do some reparenting and this could be like a symbol of that kind of whatever. Um, But so fine. So makes sense. Young Nat, young Javi makes sense. Where's Travis? Travis should 100 percent be there, I think. And why is this I asked it last week more rhetorically. Why I don't mean this rhetorically. Why is Lottie there? I know. And if it's Lottie, why so, is it young Lottie? Like what is So here's my here's my my only sort of projection about that that or only reasoning that I could come up with for why that is. And that is that if they have a decent amount of season 3 sort of like mentally mapped already which i certainly hope they do mm-hmm. um that lottie and nat are going to be more intimately tied together and i don't mean that in in the way that i've joked about in the past i mean like <laughs> intimately in sort of like a co-leader or a rival or some sort of like the two of them are going to be sort of like foils for each mm-hmm. other for longer in the earlier timeline and become super important to each other in a way that we don't see yet. Right. Could and be. so like looking back, it will make more sense. That's the only thing I can come up with there. Yeah. And I um, guess for why Lottie would be there. In my head, whoever's on the plane ushering her to the afterlife should also be dead. But I guess that doesn't right. need to be well, the case. Jackie. Yeah. Like wasn't. It wasn't the case with Jackie. Yeah. Also, right. we're still not sure that was either Jackie or Shauna's or both of their dreams. So. Right. So that doesn't right. even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we think about all of the like people who have died on this show like so when jackie died we saw that like sort of mixed hallucination of hers and shauna's or that dream like who else has actually died on the show that has had that 
shown, right? Like Javi didn't. Yeah, you're right. We didn't see Javi going into his You're death. so right. Yeah. So I think we've kind of built up this, this is what it should look like when they're going into their death, but not necessarily from actual evidence, but from like <laughs> oh, no. bits and pieces. Jody, we're the problem here. <laughs> we're the problem. I know. I mean, I knew that. <laughs> You're yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, my apologies to, to <laughs> Ashley and to Barton Ashley and to Barton Ashley. They uh, they didn't deserve that. Yeah. No. Um. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts after a rewatch. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I've saw more clearly the path for current day Nat and Lottie towards the end of this season. I yeah. saw them kind of their paths the whole way be a little clearer that's i also saw van differently i don't know if you want to talk about van we could talk about van i would love to talk about van and ty was it how van's a little demon because we even so just for listeners i didn't rewatch season two jody is a stronger person than i am i just didn't i couldn't but i did you just didn't have dental work What I did do is I went back and listened to, which I think is probably a strength that I have that maybe you don't, the ability to just listen to your own self-talk on a microphone back um, with complete objective distance. I'm so desensitized and disembodied from my own own voice at this point. It's like, could be listening to anybody. It's fine. Um, I listened to... The, our season two, our season one recap and our season two trailer review um, that we dropped quickly uh, right before season two launched. And um, just to see what we were thinking about then, what questions we wanted answered, what we were predicting, what the general like conversations were, um, not just on our podcast, but with the community and to mm-hmm. see where what the show kind of answered and didn't and, and all of that. Um, and. Uh, we were weirdly uh, there was something about Van that we said in in our recap that was like we thought she was going to be fully bought into the woo of it all for some reason um, and perfectly well adjusted just like a wooey well adjusted oops person (laughs) and we were I mean Van's bought into the woo of it deep down but she was hardcore denying it um, yeah until she set foot on that uh campground and then it all went out the window we think we think yeah, yeah. um but that is not the van we thought we were going to meet is not the van we met and i think so here's yeah <laughs> tell me what you think because i think that probably starts in 96 we just we were yes. really looking at van through rose-colored glasses i think so here's what i think happened Live Houston is a delight. Uh huh. And I have a long standing love for Lauren Ambrose. <laughs> and I think that, as happens many times in this show, mm-hmm. the wonderfully charming actors <laughs> that play these parts with such humanity um, give us a uh, sort of creative a, a feeling <laughs> of warmth and love towards these characters that they may not have earned through their actions. Um, because going back to watch this season, so I talked about how Lottie and Nat in 2021, I kind of watched the arc of, of what they what happened to them. Mm-hmm. I was watching Van and Ty more carefully in 96 mm-hmm. in my rewatch. And I feel, and I think we might have 
briefly mentioned this at one point this or another, I was... but I f- feel like Van is manipulating Ty this whole time. It is so funny. And that Ty is just desperate for things to make sense and for things to be okay and for her to stop sleepwalking and for her to stop having these vids. She doesn't want any of this shit. Right. She doesn't want it. Well, and we even said very offhandedly, I'm going to tell you what we said. And then I'm going to ask you a question that is speculation on my part related to now based on what you just said. We said at one point, I think it was with uh, when Josh Gondelman was on, um, I was like, it's not great that she's letting Ty like Ty doesn't want to be walking like sleepwalking through the wilderness like you just said. Mm -hmm. And van is like using her as a kind of like i didn't say metal detector then it's just what i'm thinking of now <laughs> as like an unwilling metal detector to like seek out these symbols um, yeah and and waking her up when they get to the symbols right and yeah. we even say in the moment like it's not great and then <laughs> never mention that completely issue again yeah because <laughs> we mean, were, that episode is the one also where we meet where they get their very brief reunion at the end of the episode um so we were oh, yeah so smitten and so excited for right. that to happen that we right. were just like well <laughs> well live and learn uh my yeah. question is do you think ty actually did stop sleepwalking at all how would or ty man just not wake her up yeah how would ty know that's a good question i i think it's possible that she did i think it's also just as possible that van is like, I th- I think Van loves Ty, but I also yeah. think that Van is very... Van had an extremely strange near-death experience where she got... Well, which one? Of- <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, exactly. But also, like, the one where she got nearly chewed to death by a bunch of wolves while Ty was supposed to be on watch. I feel like was some sort of a turning point for her mm-hmm. where she became very calculated. Mm-hmm. And she might have been before that, but it was much more noticeable to me after that where she became much more calculated and sort of self-motivated in figuring out what was going on, why they were there. And like, I think she loves Ty, but I also think that she sees Ty as a means to an end in a Mm -hmm. way. And I feel terrible saying that because I love these two so much, but I, I think we were blinded by, you know, sort of the charm of the people playing these characters. I think you might be right. Now, because I, cause I like watched her in, in episodes three and four specifically. And then even at the end, there's, so the, I think it's the last episode where Ty is. Yeah. It's when everybody's like super hungry. Maybe it's episode eight, not nine where like we see her, that weird effect mm-hmm. where like, and she's looking at the cup of tea and then she looks up and she sees two ties in the window glass Mm -hmm. and she turns around she sees other tie which then turns into van i'm like that something's going on here well and then we even and what i'm about to say this episode is full of me prefacing what i'm about to say and then saying it so sorry um but what i'm about to say i think it could probably be both things because we talked a lot about when they first reunite and they're at van's place um 
Ty a couple of times says like, and maybe not just said, or like when they're on their way to the retreat, that kind of stuff, Ty will give her like an out. Like Ty's like, oh, I'll just leave. And then Van says like, oh, you might as well make yourself useful. You can go reshelve these. Right. And we were like, oh, what a sad kind of codependent thing to know this person isn't good for you. And as they're walking away, you offhandedly give them a reason to stay. And it's like, well, yeah. maybe. But also, does Van have it in her head that she needs tie or other tie or whatever because that's the thing too is when other tie shows up she says this isn't where we're supposed to be and then she walks off and we don't see what happens after that and i don't think they went on some like late night adventure necessarily but like (laughs) van has information about other tie that we don't to some degree um and that tie doesn't exactly tie asks her like what did i say yeah you know yeah and so and it's like yeah, Van could very easily have been like, I think you need to leave. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't good for me. Instead, she's like, so where do you think we need to be? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I I think part of, a, like, watching watching these stories on TV, we always want to have, like, a good one and a bad one, uh-huh. right? Or, you know, and I think that, I think that because we know Ty has done terrible things, in 2021 as quote-unquote other tie which still doesn't she still did them right i think we were trying to think of well then van has to be the good one Mm -hmm. right you and i falling for this despite every week saying things like well they're not all good or all bad or these are complicated women or i think that their rage is important and something we should be paying like we're saying all of that and then also being like oh van (laughs) oh van you're so silly yeah 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 so i think that like Neither of them is good or bad, but I do think that we have been looking at Van with rose-colored glasses this mm-hmm. whole time. Um, and going back and rewatching, all I saw this time around was her like steeliness and her sort of calculation and her like real emotion at times, but also like unwillingness to let that affect how she handles the situation mm-hmm. that they're in. Um. So yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. What and you- I did so and on the flip side of that I also felt like I saw not so much 2021 tie but definitely 96 tie as a victim of all of this. Like I think I had forgotten or not noticed or whatever the first time around how little she wants this to be happening to her. Yeah. <laughs> like she really doesn't want this and like she's She's humoring Van at all turns to like with this kind of quote unquote woo shit, but like I think she just she'll, she's kind of willing to do anything to make it stop. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Van's like, "Yeah, tie yourself to me, and then you know you, you may wake up in the woods with me later on, but yeah. you know at least we'll know where the tree is." <laughs> Man, Van's what her the ties, like I don't give a shit where the fucking tree is. Yeah, yeah. Poor man. So. Ty and Lottie both that we kind of yeah are being puppeted through this in and in ways that I don't want to especially Lottie I think it can be dangerous to totally excuse well, no I don't actually I don't believe that I think I was starting to say what I think I think I was like hearing resistance to that preemptively I I just think Lottie has been treated so unfairly i don't think it's mm, 
this is complicated because I don't think if you really are starting a retreat that you your only goal is to help people that you keep control of their bank records and make them wear the same color and all of that. In the rewatch, I noticed I had a lot more sympathy for 1996 Lottie. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded of some of the more manipulative shit that 2021 Lottie was doing. Right. Like this with the thing we talked about where she like tosses the, yeah. the smoothie in a plastic cup into the planter. Like, and she's like kind of bitchy towards Lisa and then catches herself because Nat's watching. Like, that's you know, another again, thing that's a huge red flag that you and I clocked at the time and then just mm -hmm. kind of moved past. And it's not the yeah. same thing as how somebody treats their server at a restaurant tells me everything I need to know about them. But it's very, Close. it's very similar. It yeah. is very similar. Yeah. And so, but I think this is the same thing where like Lottie in both timelines is not as bad as we think she is, but also not, not as, as good. good as we want her to be. Yeah, totally. You know, I think you're so right. Like I, the thing with Lottie that's complicated though, is the mental illness of it all. And that's... I kind of want to, have a slightly more nuanced conversation about that, mm -hmm. especially after all of the conversations this or all the scenes this season where it's been brought up, you know, the diagnosed schizophrenic Lottie, mm -hmm. the like she ends up in the hospital again, all of that stuff. I think that we talked in the very beginning of the season about how we were not entirely psyched about the way that ECT was portrayed mm -hmm. in the beginning. And I think that the people that make this show are dancing on very dangerous ground here. Totally. And I hope they know that mm -hmm. because they, that first episode with the ECT, I did not think they did well. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're going to show that you should not be showing it in a way that doesn't happen at that time. That is more like, uh, scare tactic totally that does refer back to horror movies of the past mm -hmm. which i get right one flew over the cuckoo's nest is a horror <laughs> movie in its own way you know but it's not it's not a nuanced take on what that experience would have been like in 1996 mm -hmm. or 98 or whatever um and i also think that the way they're playing her now I love the dance between realism and the supernatural, but I think that when it comes to mental illness, you are playing with a very uh, sort of scary, not scary, very tricky conversation mm -hmm. because, and I, I will let you speak eventually. <laughs> no, um, this is... <laughs> I have I have very specific thoughts about this because people with mental illness, especially serious mental illness like schizophrenia, are often blamed for really mm -hmm. horrific things happening, right? right. right? Um, and criminalized and put in prison and, you know, the prisons have become our mental health system in this country. And so there's a lot of really serious um, real life implications behind yeah. portraying someone who has been diagnosed with schizophrenia in any way on television as kind of being taken as the representative mm -hmm. of that illness. And so I'm not coming down with like some sort of harsh criticism one way or the other. I'm just nervous. Right. I agree. About what they're doing with Lottie. And I, I don't think that they've made any huge missteps at this point. I, but they're playing with something here that is like a very serious thing. Um, 
and has been never really portrayed well in media. Mm-hmm. And I, I just am like, please, please, please tell me you have someone consulting on this show that has had some real experience my in the psychiatric system. My feeling is no. My feeling is no. Um, I mean, my like, feeling I'm, after episode one was no. Right. Well, I, but even yeah. like, um, like, even the like best case scenario for this kind of thing for me is because what I'm thinking is like most schizophrenics aren't fully hallucinating rooms and conversations with people who don't exist and then walking away from those and kind of like quote unquote snapping back to reality in a way that like like it's not until that last conversation with her therapist quote unquote therapist that we see where we see Lottie understand that it's not real Mm -hmm. um and the like best case scenario version of this is Lottie is a person with a mental illness and I don't think this is what's going on with this show though Lottie is a person with a serious mental illness and also has supernatural conversations with a being who doesn't really exist and those are two separate things and the lines are getting blurred because people don't really understand the illness and that isn't to say that there aren't more extreme versions but but you know and right because of that her actual like concerns about the sort of supernatural whatever that's happening are getting ignored um Mm. because people are like oh it's just crazy lottie and i don't but i don't think that's what's happening on the show and i don't even like that i don't like that idea but it's the only one where i feel like that could sort of excuse how they're portraying her mental illness right yeah and i think that like part of what makes me nervous about all this and part of what i think why I said, like, I hope they have a consultant on on staff is because, like, people can and have written dissertations on the idea of the mad woman, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. This idea of, like, you know, women who were hospitalized for having, like, religious visions and things like that. And that slippery line between actual mental illness and sort of... Um, what is a more acceptable version of that in certain religions and things like that. And like, there's just women behaving out of acceptable character for the time being described as mad. So they could be, yeah. Blocked up by their husbands. Yeah. I mean like this is, you know, there's a reason that I have done all this work on the yellow wallpaper. Like I think that there's, um, there's this huge Rosemary's baby to refer back. Exactly. To that. Like, Yeah. There's this huge history around women and mental illness and the notion of hysteria and things that women were hospitalized for that men wouldn't have been. And I just think that, and maybe it's because this is my hobby horse and my area of research, (laughs) but I think they're treading on very dangerous ground here. And I'm not saying they're going to do it badly, but I haven't seen a lot of like, I think that that first episode with the ECT scene really tipped me off that like, I think we could both agree that was that was handled badly. That was handled badly. But I think that was handled not to make an excuse for them. That was handled badly in a way it is always handled badly. Like my guess is they believe that that's what it looked like in ninety six. I hope they know that it's not, and they did it on purpose. But like, why would you do it that way? I'm not sure which. So anyway, I don't want to like. I know. Yeah, I don't want to rehash all of episode one again. But I also (laughs) just want to point out that. I don't know that there is a TV production in the world that could take on this topic 
sensitively and make it entertaining and do it well. And in that case, maybe you don't make Lottie a diagnosed schizophrenic. Yeah. Like I just, and you know, unless, unless the only way it works and then it doesn't work for the show that you and I want to be watching is let Lottie be diagnosed as schizophrenic and then let us all find out that no, supernatural is here right this entity is here and everybody is so right. fucked up about how they handle mental illness that they just right. decided to put that on lottie but then that yeah. totally undermines this show as an exploration of actual trauma and, you know, I know. and these women and the fact that it's the we we did talk about this a little bit last week it's something that i have not been able to stop thinking about and you talking about husbands locking their wives away for behaving it's not and lottie needs help right now Either way, whether it is mental illness or what. But the fact yeah. that the people who make that decision for her are these women from her past and they get to decide on and off throughout this one short episode whether or not they're calling a crisis team, whether or not she's going to go get some help somewhere, whether yeah. or not that help is actually going to be actually helpful or not is a whole other conversation. But right. it's, it's another version of of that. These, these other women have decided that she isn't like it the yeah. whole thing is really and previously it was her dad deciding yeah yeah like in that scene in the beginning of the season where he's like can you fix her well you and know what you said too earlier that like her mental health you see it's a kind of steep decline as like more and more as each woman shows up and then they're the ones who put her away yeah is really upsetting that's really yeah. upsetting i mean like when you think about it from since we talk about how the show is an exploration of trauma like if you think about her at the beginning of this yes maybe she's sort of a toxic cult leader figure right but she kind of has her shit together mm -hmm. in some way right better than at, she hasn't killed a dog end. or anything like that <laughs> as far as we right, know right yeah and as you watch these people from her past come into her present she devolves, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like what you said is is so interesting about them also being the ones to make that decision for her because they haven't made that decision for Ty. Right, right. Like, she killed know? a dog and almost her wife. I know that I, whatever, whatever, and Shauna killed a man, whatever, whatever. Ty killed her dog. Don't listen, Pacey. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that all this to say... Like, I could talk about the mental illness side of this forever. I, But I think that there's no solid conclusion to land on because they're still going. Mm -hmm. Like, as to how they're handling it, I think we've seen signs that maybe not great, but also, like, maybe will be proven wrong. Yeah. I hope. I'm open to that. Um, and I, I do think that, like, I'm fascinated, obviously, with this subject of how mental illness has been described and categorized. And, you know, I also the wonder, this is something that you and I both uh, is it's really important to both of us. And it's also something it's funny. We've worked on it from different angles. But as I like I've I have even stuff you can find online now of uh, me writing about the mad woman um, in the attic, that whole trope and what it does. But um and it's something that I don't, you and I didn't know was a, sp a special interest of each of ours until we started talking about it for this show. So yeah. I don't know if it's something like, do other are other people even bothered by it? Who either who haven't thought about it as or who 
don't have direct experience with it, I would guess right. if you're not I mean, coming at say... it from either or both of those angles, maybe this doesn't isn't a big deal to you. But I don't like that then you're walking away with this portrayal as an example. Right. Well, and I, I do think that, you know, from my my hours and hours on Reddit this season, um, <laughs> I have seen threads. I know. I, you know, my life is very exciting. Um, I have seen threads from people who have had ACT, who, you know, have serious mental illness of some kind and aren't thrilled with this representation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's just us. I think that there is in there are a lot of people that are a part of the community of people who deal with mental illness in some way who love this show Mm -hmm. and also have some concerns about that portrayal. So I do think that it's not, I don't think it's just us. I think that we just happen to also have like special research nerd interests Mm -hmm. in this area that maybe give us more of a historical And I'm just never not going to watch a show like this without that lens on, I think is the other thing is like it. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to, maybe this will be a way for us to shift to another thing I wanted to talk about, because we've talked about the yellow wallpaper um, in previous episodes. Um, and I think I sent you, did I send you the giant wisteria? You did. The little short story. Mm, I don't think I, I don't remember if I got a chance to read it. Yeah, that's okay. I just kind of wanted to mention it in relationship to this show. And if this is something that the showrunners have actually read and has anything to do with what they're doing here, I'm going to be like... Is Wisteria the- purple? Yes. And white, depending on which kind. Okay. Does, yeah. that, does that spoil what you're about to say? Because I'll stop. No, up. it doesn't. It's okay. just a nice little side note. Okay. Um, so that story, The Giant Wisteria, is also by Charlotte Perkins Gilman, who wrote The Yellow Wallpaper. And it's a very short story. I should have reread it before we started doing this. but Do you want to take a minute? Because it's pretty short, right? Hey, folks, it's Andrea from um, this episode's future here. I'm just popping in to say uh, we actually took a break in this moment to read The Giant Wisteria or The Giant Wisteria. Um, So that's what we're referring back to right here. How fun. I mean, how sad. How fun and sad, which is my favorite genre. (laughs) Am I not on to something here? Of course you're on to something. So let's uh, go ahead, Jody. Okay. Give, so, us, give us a little a little uh, <laughs> a little literature lesson here. Okay, so I will do my best. I teach art, not English, but um, so the giant wisteria is a short story by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Um, I can't remember if it was written before or after the yellow wallpaper, but it takes as its subject a young pregnant woman who gives birth to a baby out of wedlock. Her parents are less than thrilled about this um, and are going to possibly get rid of the baby and have her marry her cousin when they go back to England. The story takes place in New England. Um, We don't see how that ends, but then we revisit the house that they were at with a young group of friends (laughs) who are convinced it's haunted. Um, They see a ghost of a young woman holding a bundle. They go down to investigate and they find in a well in the basement, the body of a baby about a month old. And then as the, uh, Construction crew are pulling up the porch that has been sort of consumed by this giant wisteria tree. They find uh, the body of a young woman wearing the cross that they've all seen the ghost wearing. So it's a ghost story. It's also a story about uh, a young mother having a baby out of wedlock and what happens to her and that baby, which is that they are both dead. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're also entwined with 
the house and the tree. And this is why I keep thinking about this story in connection to Yellow Jackets because of the woman that Javi sees in the tree. This is where my brain went. Oh, funny. So because, and this is like a lot of leaps to get here. And I acknowledge this. (laughs) I love a good leap. Leap away. Yeah. But so in the production stills we've seen of Jason Ritter um, playing our cabin guy, he's holding a baby. And a lot has been made of this already. Like it's, I mean, it's to the point where everyone on um, the Yellow Jackets Reddit has referred to this as Javi's friend already. Mm-hmm. That this baby somehow lived, was his daughter, you know, lives in the caves under the tree. Who knows? And I've been poo-pooing that this whole time. I've been like, guys, that's a that's a lot of jumps to mm-hmm. get there, which it is. But then I remembered this story, <laughs> and I was like, is someone on this writer's room a Charlotte Perkins Gilman fan? Because the lady in the tree that Javi draws in that picture and the idea of, like, his friend who told him mm-hmm. to stay away from the cabin – we don't know that it's like not Ty or someone else. Um, we also don't know that it's a real person. Mm. We don't know that it's a hallucination or a ghost or whatever. But I, this story is free online. You can just Google Charlotte Perkins Gilman Wisteria. It's spelled with an A and not an E. I'll drop a um, link in the uh, show notes. Wisteria. I really suggest getting. Oh, cool, keep... cool. No, I was just going to say that I think that. Again, I know it's a lot of leaps, but if we are going to get a cabin guy backstory and he did happen to have a daughter and Javi like is living underneath a tree <laughs> for a while and has a friend who's a girl, I, I know I sound like a completely insane person. I don't think so. I love this stuff. Although maybe I'm not the one to, if I'm saying, I don't think you sound crazy. You might sound crazy. <laughs> right. But I mean... If this is a show that is, and we know it is, playing with the unreliable narrator thing, Mm -hmm. and the yellow wallpaper is like one of the, it's literally taught in psychology classes Mm -hmm. as this representation of an unreliable narrator. Um, I don't know that it's too far to think that like this lady in the tree kind of thing could have some literature-based origin, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, here's what stood so out to me. That's my thesis. I love, I, I really love that. I also think it's, so I just read this for the first time, so I have not mm-hmm. spent time peeling it apart. It felt to me on my first read through that we get, um, like Jody said, we get the first, like, um, uh, narrative that's about, that's like the parents talking about the young woman and her and her baby that gets taken away um, from her and, and married off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she gets married off, like you said, and then it cuts to that other, but she doesn't actually, cause she ends up dead under the house. Right. Um, Obviously. Yeah. Um, but they yeah. don't, that's not revealed in the correct. Yes. In the, they're talking around, they're talking about marrying her off. Um, and you get them, the, the friends who are there now in the more present day, slightly more present day timeline. Is it 25 um, years later? <laughs> I don't think it's 25 years later. It seems to be, it's, I guess it's hard to say how much later, but it seems to be, it's a little while. Um, but uh, 
they some of them so badly want the house to be haunted that Mm -hmm. they seem to be feeding on each other's fears of or not even fears because they want it but like one of them says they have a dream and then the other one is like oh i had a dream too well it was more of a feeling and they keep like like psyching each other up so that when you get to the end if you didn't have that little bit at the beginning um you're kind of expecting that you would be expecting there to be nothing and it would just be this Mm -hmm. collective delusion but then you get the physical but it almost feels like they talk it into existing in the past right does that make sense right that like yeah their collective belief um, yeah affected something in the history of this story to make it seem more real um right obviously like the one of the cool things about perkins is that she does write these sort of like um supernatural horror stories but that are very grounded in a kind of reality and like you said the unreliable narrator is so important because you could just like the yellow wallpaper, you could sort of read it two ways. The right, the correct way to read yeah. it is to be involved and, and caring for the woman whose trauma is being treated as something supernatural or otherworldly, but is really just, right. oh, this woman is being treated really poorly and suffers because of it. And then we see that reverberating through the story, um, yeah. which is what's happening here. Well, and she's known for writing about like these feminist themes exactly. of like women not being believed and women being... Um, Sort of not given autonomy over their mm-hmm. own bodies. And we so. could very easily be talking about Lottie. And to a greater extent, especially with the giant Wisteria or Wistaria, um, the whole group. Like, mm-hmm. how much of what happened, which we still don't really know, how much of what happened in the past as we're seeing it is being portrayed truthfully and accurately and how much of it is filtered through a lens of what their memories are. And one thing exactly. I will say for Lottie about ECT, that they actually don't really talk about that much is it does it can really fuck with your memory mm-hmm. um and so can which they have talked about which lottie talks about so can serious trauma like yeah and so can 25 years of not talking about what happened um right so i think all of that is important to keep in mind when we think about what lottie thinks is happening in 2021 what she thought happened in 96 and that's really true for all of them you know shauna saying none of that was real um when we don't yeah we don't know how real or not real any of it was still like you think right. you like, and we could i be are seeing yeah like i think that we're being led to feel like the scenes in 96 we're seeing them kind of as they actually were mm-hmm. but i think it's just as likely that we're seeing it each scene through the eyes of someone that was there right and like what they remember and what they don't remember. Mm-hmm. Or it's like so. a weird collective best representation memory. Um, yeah. And I think it's, man, Jody, I'm so glad you brought this story up and that I've read it now because it's also like this story has a past and a present timeline. And the past timeline really affects the present timeline. And the present timeline really affects how you read that past timeline. Like, And also yep. Wisteria's purple. Heliotrope. Yep. Yeah. And I, it's so funny you mentioned the purple thing because I hadn't even made that connection because <laughs> I think about wisteria a weird amount. But um, yeah, sometimes you need fresh eyes to be like, also, it's purple. It's also purple. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it can be white. Mm-hmm. But in this story, it is actually purple wisteria because uh-huh. they mention it. Oh, interesting. I love that. Yeah. So that was a bit of a digression. But um, I'm going to cut. Uh, now I'm not going to cut it because I want people to know that. That is not a digression. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically it was because we. Right. But I think that is so, so relevant to this conversation. I'm so glad I you mean, brought it up. 
this she's even kind of Jody, even one of the major markers I... of of the poor girl yeah. who dies is she's wearing a necklace. Mm-hmm. It's a, a cross, but it's a thin gold necklace that is mentioned. This is like you said, six short pages, and yeah. it's mentioned five times. Yeah, and there's a dead baby. Yeah, like what? What and, the heck? And a woman in a tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our podcast should be way more popular than it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're good at this shit. That's what happens when you get two like history and literature nerds together to yeah, analyze something. Who don't get a chance to do this as often as either of them would like to. I know. So that's your that's your reading. I know we kind of, sort of spoiled it, but it's uh, that was again, and I only read it just this one time here. Um, but I'm going to go back and reread it as soon as we're done talking. There's so much. Yeah. This is this was a real little, like, <laughs> sad little delight. Again, fun and sad and scary thing to, to read. There's a ton It's a there. It's a little gem. Yeah. yeah. Before we move on to our other, other characters and on to our kind of, like, you know, little final segments, um, I have one more thing that I thought was really funny about how we were thinking of Lottie early on. Um, we weren't sure what to make of, and really through a lot of season two, how much of the retreat was her genuine desire to help people. We, we were like speculating as whether or not it was more a cover for something more sinister. A lot of our uh, evidence for that came from the season two trailer where we see people dancing around a fire. We see people wearing the masks and we're right. like, what's going on with all of that? None of that happens until the yeah. other women show up. None of that is Lottie's doing it's, really I mean that's well only partly the fake burial the fake burial which we know is a silly I think anyway yeah like I, the masks are a little creepy um, in that moment but 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 I think it is so performative yeah it doesn't actually none of that actually gets sinister I should say until yes. the other women show up and we were using that that we really held on to that when we were talking about the trailer as being like because we didn't know Lottie then in the in the present yeah. at all not adult Lottie at all um, yeah so she very well could have been the sort of mastermind bringing all these women together to which is funny to initiate a hunt blah 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 which is right meanwhile it's like happening to her yeah which is like, a lot of what happened in not all again of yeah. what happened in 96 with her yeah, I mean, you know, not participating in the hunt at first. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if we think of the arc of Lottie, there's two arcs, really. There's, like, the previous arc, and then there's the 2021 arc. But there's also the overall arc, mm-hmm. which is, like, she starts out, I feel, as sort of a normal kid with some, like, either supernatural tendencies like witchiness right. 90s witchiness that is it is important for us to to remind everybody that she accurately predicted the car accident that almost kills her and her whole family right and also that could just be the way that she remembers it that's also true so what a show yeah. i know um so if we want to talk a little bit about misty and shauna i feel like shauna this season i don't know what do you think about the direction that shauna has gone this season shauna hasn't really the thing i'm most interested in talking about shauna's storyline honestly is callie like Mm -hmm. shauna didn't really throw us too many curveballs really like we got shauna like making, she was predictably unhinged. Yeah, exactly. The whole season, like doing stupid shit. Yeah, and and the few times where we saw these like raw emotions pop up with her, that 
I still think I talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. I really think Shauna is so divided from or distant from her actual emotions and what people what she thinks people how she thinks people should be reacting to a situation. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean that necessarily in the way where people like call her a sociopath. Um, Again, we just spent so much time talking about Lottie's mental Mm -hmm. health. I'm not really trying to diagnose Shauna. This isn't what I mean. But in those in a lot of those moments where we're like, was she being authentic? I think she probably was. I think there's part of Shauna that is so mixed up and so messed up that she wants to feel the way she thinks a person should feel and just can't connect with it. So I do think that when she cries to um, to Matt, I do think when she's like sort of cries to the other women when they're in the sharing shack, I think those are a kind of real feeling for her. The closest she gets to a real feeling that she can connect with. I just, but it's, I don't think she's the big like, um, du- like duplicitous, lying, conniving. Like I, I don't think it's that um, right intentional for her. I think she yeah. is trying to, in her weird way, often trying to do not the right thing, but feel the right way. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that what the word I always come up with when I think about Shauna is flailing. Yeah, like yeah. she constantly feels like she's flailing. Mm-hmm. Like, she's trying so hard to, like you said, like, feel the way she's supposed to feel, do the things she's supposed to do, and it's just not working. Right. And it never really has worked, but I guess, you know, all of the events that make up this show are kind of triggering all of that even more with her. But I do think you're right that the more interesting part of Shauna this season is actually Callie. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Melanie Linsky, and she's doing amazing work, and I love seeing how that disconnect you're talking about really does show up in her performance. Mm -hmm. But I think that her relationship with Callie and also her actually, to me, it feels like seeing Callie for the first time Mm -hmm. this season as something other than just an annoying teenage daughter that like she doesn't really have much of a connection to. That's how we felt about her too. Exactly. I don't even think I exactly. used her name in the in our. I think I just called her uh, Shauna's shitty daughter, which is yeah, not nice. Even well, then, but, you know, Shauna called her an asshole. Yeah, you know, and, and that's kind of how we were meant to think about her. And then as Shauna sees her differently, so do we, mm-hmm. right? As Shauna starts to see her as a more complicated person who maybe has some tendencies that Shauna has, mm-hmm. and you know, is a piece of her and a piece of Jeff and all of that, we also start to see her that way. And we see sort of that kind of the two parents both kind of living inside of Callie and like fighting it out Mm -hmm. almost, you know. And she, when she gives that talk about Callie to Jay and she says, you have, you know, a child, like I I forget the exact wording, but she's like, and you can't love them, but you do, of course, in spite of yourself. I think that's exactly what, we're talking about with that emotional where like the love is really there she has a really hard time feeling it and connecting to it but that comes from i think if we we can draw such a straight line from from shauna in 96 like talking to her dead friend refusing to like see her dead to when she has to prepare javi's body covering her eyes to do it um like and in between those two things losing a baby yeah and like and hallucinating that the baby actually lived right and it's like if you have dealt with the 
that pain of losing your best friend who we've talked about their complicated relationship Mm -hmm. while you were pregnant with that girl's boyfriend's (laughs) child who then dies in the wilderness and then yeah. you have to cut up a young boy who died at you and your friend's hands. And probably basically. other people. Right. Like, no wonder you have, like, become disconnected. Yeah. It's like, what a, what a reasonable and understandable yeah. coping mechanism. Like, it's a protection. And necessary, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, could she have done some work in the last 25 years to un- unpack that and, and deal with Possibly. that? Sh- like, pro- may- maybe. Yeah, therapy. She's also helped. a Jersey girl. And like, <laughs> you know, we're not always yeah. the best at uh, at dealing with our, our emotions in healthy ways. So what I, are you talking about? <laughs> so I get it. Wait, what are you talking about? No, I totally agree with you about Shauna. And I think that it's one of the things that makes her kind of a difficult character to talk about mm-hmm. because... I don't think Shauna knows who Shauna is. Right. And so it, she's she's still circling around that. And so therefore, as an audience, we are too. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out like what actually Shauna is at her core. Because we also, I want to move on, but we also do know zero about her growing up. Totally. We've never met her family. We've never That's met her so parents. Crazy. We do know that, we know that they didn't have a lot of money. There's a class thing there with her and Jackie. Mm-hmm. But that's really all we know. We don't know what, like, we got no glimpses like we did with the others, mm-hmm. other than her bedroom, which is like a normal teenage bedroom. It just happens to be in an attic, which right. I thought was. Yeah, funny. well, she's our cool all girl, so she gets the attic, you know? Like, yeah. she had a real conversation with her parents about getting to move up into the attic, so. Right, right. And so then, should we touch on Misty real quick before we. Kind of move I think on. I don't want to ignore her, even though. No, we don't want to ignore Misty. She had some of our most delightful moments this season. What this? What this show would have been without Misty and Walter? Oh my God! So bleak. So dark. Yeah. Yeah. We needed them. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that Misty has had an arc this season and during this show, from mainly because of the introduction of Walter. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that he seems to have triggered a memory in her of what it was like to have someone in her life that understood her mm-hmm. and liked her anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, previously that being Crystal, yeah. even though when Crystal found out what she was really like, she did not appreciate it. Yeah. But, well, and that's why she was so guarded about Walter because she figured when he found out, yeah. he would also. Turns out he's the enabler. She never needed. Uh, I'm so glad he's here. I've been saying, like, we have talked so, 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 so much. Our listeners are so tired of hearing me say the part I'm about to say, which is we talk that a lot you love about Elijah Wood. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that I love Elijah Wood, but also um, my love for Elijah Wood and your love for Lauren Ambrose. I feel like are on Fair. like a similar, and our Fair. listeners are just going to have to deal with with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but about the men in this show being exactly what they. It's like when someone tells you who they are, believe them. And that is so true about the Met on the show. And Mm -hmm. when Walter was first introduced, we thought maybe there's a wrinkle in that. But that doesn't that isn't to say all the men like we call them benign. And I think that's actually not totally benign. No. Yeah. But he is what's on the surface is what's underneath. (laughs) Like he's a creepy little weirdo who is charmed by Misty. So it seems. And even if he's got other stuff going on that we don't totally know about um, it. 
it just seems like his motivations are exactly what he has presented yeah. them which has been true for all of the men in the show as far as we know so far so yeah. he's still he still falls into that category even if he's not the most like you know he's not he's not like a himbo like jeff or a manic pixie dream boy like adam but he right he just is he said he was looking he's a moriarty looking for, for his for his sherlock and yeah so i'm not you know yeah and i think in that in that di- not dichotomy but in that pairing of moriarty and sherlock is in- are inter- it's an interesting way to think about walter and misty because you know moriarty is quote unquote the villain um and i do think that there is are hints in especially in the last episode of like misty maybe meeting her match with walter and then some mm-hmm. like he may be even more willing than she is to How, kind of like yeah misty wasn't he jumped brewing in in two seconds. hot cocoa to kill somebody she i was... mean she theoretically she was in on that plan but he yeah. was like all about it yeah like for he somebody came in and he's was like, only known for a minute <laughs> like, yeah yeah he was like let's do this this yeah. is gonna be fun so i do think that she's she's kind of met someone who not only will meet her at her crazy but maybe push her past it I um, I know it's wicked of me to say so, but I kind of hope so. I, although not her, I've I just her heartbreak at though I do want also I, Misty calling that her best friend over and over again, despite the fact that they haven't seen each other in you know a couple of yeah. decades, and Nat trying so hard to shake her at every turn yeah. is like. I don't know that you can say Nat's your best friend then. It is really heartbreaking because Misty is somebody who has longed forever to be accepted and loved Mm -hmm. unconditionally by somebody. Um, And so it is, I worry, I really, I think I worry, eh, I mean, on my list of who I'm worried about, it's probably Lottie first and and then Misty. Not that I need to rank it, but I'm so worried for what, is what season three Misty is going to look like. I mean, hopefully she'll be having more musical numbers with, <laughs> with Walter more, uh, you know, more car trips with, with tapes. Would like to remind everybody musicals. this, despite everything we just talked about for the last hour or so, this show's a comedy. I'll still. <sighs> it's definitely got that in there. Oh, That's for man. sure. Those, the musical numbers or number. Yeah. What a, also, Fantastic. I think it feels unfair to say one of my favorite moments is a moment that is just the men in the show. Um, the show that is that for us is so important about celebrating the women in it. But Walter singing Send in the Clouds to himself while making that hot cocoa in that in that poisonous looking mug mm-hmm. is just such a what a perfect moment. <laughs> it is a beautiful moment. I mean, they do give the men in this show some some really wonderful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that maybe we'll talk about. Mm. I would like to pivot us, if I may. You may pivot us. To a couple of categories that I have I have come up with. Uh-huh. Um, pretty we, expected ones in some ways. but We love a category here at uh, the Watchers podcast. Yeah. So first, I would like you to tell me what you think your favorite quote is 
or line from the season or one of them. It doesn't have to be the one. Um, oh boy, I've got there. There are two that came to mind immediately, and there are yeah. two that have. I'm already, cheating because I wrote mine down. But. I, well, that's okay. Um, there are two that we've already talked about, but how could we not? Um, one mm-hmm. is I'm mixing my pop culture metaphors because I'm fucking upset from Van, right. um, which was just a perfect. There's Van. There she is. Yeah. Um, and then. Oh, I don't want to misquote this one because it just happened. But it's uh, the American Family is oh, crumbling. Yeah. You try making um, a living in sectionals. Is that the yes, line? Yes, I think that's it. Yeah, the American Family is crumbling. You try making a living in sectionals. Yeah, yeah. See, I have a little bit of an advantage because I did rewatch, <laughs> um, and so I have some of the earlier season ones Ooh, as well. Lay them on us. Um, okay, so there's a couple. There's more than a couple, but I want to hear um, all of them. So from episode one, the only thing you should ever say to the cops is I want my lawyer. <laughs> That's why I put it on the cookie. It's been so fun to see the different I want my lawyer cookies and cakes cookies. that people have been making. I know. This one is just close to my heart. Um, how do you get an art major off your front porch? <laughs> you pay for the pizza. <laughs> As an art, former art major. Uh-huh. Was that Jeff? That's Jeff. Talking that shit about Jeff. Adam to... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, there is the, uh, now famous, I think this stuff is for bisexuals and goths. I can't believe that wasn't the first one I thought of. I mean, it was, it was earlier in the season. That is. Like I said, I just did a rewatch. And again, Jeff, Jeff, he just. He gets such good lines. Never misses. I mean, again, another Jeff one. You ever turn butter? (laughs) Jeff wants to go to Colonial Williamsburg because he wants to really shake things up. Yeah. You know, in Virginia. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a great crystal line. R.I.P. Crystal. This wasn't the first time I've eaten a person. I actually absorbed my identical twin in the womb. Uh, crystal. Gone too soon. Definitely. And then in that same conversation, Misty saying young Kevorkian was kind of hot. Have you looked at young Kevorkian? No, I have not looked it up. No. Hey, hey, hey Jody. Hmm? Are you going to say it? I mean... He, he wasn't a I mean she's not she's not totally wrong <laughs> I'm just saying it wasn't the craziest thing she's ever said there's also one more classic Jeff line that I have to shout out when he answers the phone when Shauna calls him at work McDonald's chicken nugget department she says I'm sorry did you say chicken nugget department he says I sure did because I'm selling six pieces like it's my job baby He's perfect. I fucking love Jeff so much. He's so funny. He's just. Uh, He's got the one-liners. Him and Misty. They're well, like the, Jeff's the a stars dad, of that. And so he's a lot like he's just the daddest of dads. Yes. He is the daddest of dads. Oh, I love it. Okay. Perfect. So that was our quotes of the season. I want listeners, if we, if, uh, Jody and I missed any any there uh, which that we you did. love. Let us know. Yes, please. I would love to hear everyone else's favorites. Those mm-hmm. were just the ones that, like, during my rewatch, I was like, yeah, I got to write that These down. These are the ones. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, we talked more about the music in season one um, when we did our sort of side podcast not side podcast your your other real podcast the left of the Whoa, these are both real podcasts i my know music that podcast. was a pre-existing music podcast left of the dial shout out uh, thank you 
but um and we've mentioned the music kind of in in passing it, when it's come up in different episodes but i was wondering if you had a needle drop or two that you that stuck with you um the first one this is i'm just going first thought best thought mm-hmm. uh the first one that oh there are two actually that just jumped out to me and the first one is misty walking up to walter's boat with uh veruca salt see they're playing uh-huh. It's it's per it's just a perfect needle drop. We um, we've been waiting for Veruca Salt too. Yeah, we so. never got v- Volcano Girls, which I think is you know that's a little bit of a miss. But Seether in that moment yeah. is is great, and Seether is uh, a perfect song for this show. And then of yes. course, um, uh, oh, I said of course. Well, oh, there's so many. Um, but the second one I was thinking of was uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings when hmm. Nat goes running through the woods when they're chasing. Um, yeah. after her what about you um so for me um cornflake girl when she eats the ear the show's a comedy it's getting kind of gross yeah the show's a comedy. mine are all i think mine are almost all funny uh-huh. not all of them um but jeff twice in the car <laughs> once with papa roach when he's rocking out and oh, getting out his God. aggression that i that might be the hardest like that was the most that one surprised a laugh out of me more than anything else in this season yes. i think because it was so perfectly like shot and the way it like how yeah what the a, way the song kicks in oh what a perfect moment so, so funny and then along those same lines when he's listening to fuck the police outside the police station which is just such a teenage thing to do yeah just man. like you're really sticking it to the man by by listening that'll to a song sh- in a car that'll show him um a couple others that I that really on rewatch especially stood out to me was dancing starting when um, <laughs> oh, Shauna goes into labor. How did I forget? Mother. Oh so my good. god! And one of the few Jersey artists featured. Um, yeah, I I still think maybe the only that off the top of my head the only Jersey artist I can think of. I wonder if that's true. It's definitely the only one that, that I can think of off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. Um, and then just one more that I think isn't as like isn't as fun. Mm-hmm. But when Radiohead climbing up the walls comes oh. on when Shauna deals at the body, a lot of you know what it is. A lot of the the really effective songs that are inserted in the needle drops are literally about the moment. Mm-hmm. that the needle physically like would drop on the record mm-hmm. or when the moment the moment when the song starts yeah. and how it correlates to an action right mm-hmm. so like jeff in the car it's like he's drumming on the steering wheel Radiohead's literally the needle drops when shauna kneels in front of the body mm-hmm. and so it's also it's so, not just the song but it's the timing it's in like the show. perfectly yeah yeah um, so we did this last time, but I am curious if, given what we now have seen, if there are songs that you, that haven't been incorporated or artists that you would like to see in season three. I should have been preparing for this. It's better that you're not, because it'll just be top of the head stuff. Um, I will say one of my predictors that I'm surprised we haven't heard yet is Gin Blossoms. Um, mm. there's... Uh, they might be a little too light for, although their history as a band is really tragic. Um, hmm. uh, but um, so I'm still holding out for Gin Blossoms. Uh, this is a little 
obvious. Um, but I would love to hear Basket Case, Green Day, or Long, or Longview. <laughs> Longview or Basket Case, either one of those would be... Ooh, yeah. Brain Stew. Brain Stew's a little late. But, like, there's no reason we couldn't hear... Or Although they're not paying attention, they're not as concerned with the music in 96 actually being from 96 now. Um, with the new music director, they, they kind of... Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I'm surprised. We still haven't really gotten much other than, I guess, Danzig, but I don't really think of them as, like, a... Or him as like a anyway. Um, we haven't gotten much of the like Green Day era that kind of punk. That yeah, the pop punk. So sort of, yeah. yeah, and it was such yeah. a huge part of the late nineties. I'm just surprised we. It haven't... was. I wonder if we'll get more of that when they come back. Could be. Yeah, that would be fun. That would yeah. be a fun music shift to have, where mm-hmm. like yeah. when they're back in '98 and the like, it can go from this sort of dark like Radiohead Nirvana. Smashing Pumpkins, moody vibe to like a something more. slightly more chaotic and yeah, yeah, totally. That's a really cool um, idea that that shift would be marked by their return. I would love that. Um, Hire me as the music supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, yeah, I would love to hear some some Green Day in there. Um, you just reminded me of of something that I've been thinking about too. Is that we talked early on about. Two things. One being how interested we were to see them back in in Jersey after their rescue, which we've still not yeah. seen anything of. Yeah. And a lot of our speculation early on before season two was like, how are they going to deal with the like fallout from the end of season one? And like, you know, the investigation with Shauna, how long can they go with Shauna with this murder looming? And it's like, well. We only season two, 2021 only lasted about a week. <laughs> so right. like, they really because I was like, well, I guess they could drag the investigation out long enough that it doesn't really get in the way of things because investigations take a long time, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe it'll take them forever to find the body. And actually that stuff moved much faster. It just yeah. hasn't been a major issue because what we got in 2021 was such a short period of time. Yeah. Or not that it hasn't been a major issue, but the like results of those things we just haven't gotten to yet yeah and i'm curious to see if they've decided that walter did in a in a one fell swoop tie everything up or if that is just not possible because i mean it doesn't seem possible that that actually tied everything up considering everything we've said do you think that's something you'd be able to suspend your disbelief for i wouldn't want to like, I wouldn't be happy about it. I think that I could get over it because mm-hmm. there's other things about this show that I enjoy so much that I'm, again, willing to kind of look past some things. But right. I do think that that's a pretty neat ending. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cleanly tied up. Um, well, and it requires... I, w- I don't need... Yeah, I mean, I don't need every every detail to be picked apart and dealt with, but like... If they look at that and say, oh, yeah, we tied it all up. It's fine. Yeah. And don't let any of that kind of peek back in here and there. Especially because be... it requires them believing that Kevin would have climbed into the trunk of the car before Matt shot him. It requ- <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty. Uh... And like this is a show that is aware of true crime podcasts and citizen detective type people. So like they know that people watching the I show. Mean, maybe that's know. how they deal with it. You know, 
maybe that maybe the citizen detective community is is a bigger part of season three you know would be fun you know what yeah because because and then the other thing i was going to say it would require the things that would be make it hardest for me to believe that this just gets dealt with are kevin being shot in the trunk after which is a weird missed up i would have thought of walters um but then also lisa just keeping her mouth shut about what what she saw and I that really lisa's a big part of season three somehow yeah or at least a part of it but you i know. do kind of love the idea of the police bungling it because you know fuck the police um <laughs> and the citizen detectives who walter and misty have been so entwined with of like them being the ones to be like hold on this doesn't make sense and misty and yeah. walter having to deal with the community that that you that know turns on them <laughs> yeah yeah i could see that that's kind of fun. fun yeah um I only have one or two um, music hopes for season three at the top of my head because I didn't actually write this part down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still feeling like, and maybe this is just me, like Concrete Blonde should come in at some point because they're just obscure enough that it would mm-hmm. be like, like uh, it would really resonate with certain members of Gen X and then would also maybe lead to other people discovering them. Right, right. That's cool. Um, and then my other one is I'm shocked still that we haven't had any Ani DeFranco. Yeah, what the hell? That Considering is... we have like the quintessential like van lesbian like yeah. I just there's no way she didn't listen to Ani DeFranco. There no. just isn't. No. So those I, are my two. I will say I'm going to predict we never get any Kate Bush because um, the music supervisor is the one who brought Kate Bush to Stranger Things in blue. Um, yeah blew that up that hell and i would bet that uh she doesn't want to like that's gonna color any use of kate bush in totally um, and absolutely i just thought of one more for 2021 or for 96 it could go wherever but it's a flag we've been flying here since pretty much day one it's one i will not let rest it is our personal little campaign Put screaming females in yellow jackets. They're I perfect. I'm nodding along. Yes. It, there's nobody agree. who makes more sense to me at this point um, to be featured in. So let's start 100%. that campaign. Remember that show Jericho? Everybody sent. I don't know why, but when Jericho was canceled, all of the people who watched that show sent walnuts to the studio or to I, the network as like a protest. I have no knowledge of any of this. It was... This is just, it was a show called Jericho. I know nothing about it except maybe Skeet. Oh, anyway, um, and I just know that that was like a protest when the show, and I think it maybe, it may have resurrected it. I could be wrong about that. Hmm. I would like us to start a campaign yeah, for. What, what can we send to the creators of Yellow Jackets <laughs> to make them uh, include, include screaming, screaming females next season? Yeah, I'm in, whatever it is. I don't know what, we'll think about it. We'll think yeah. about it. You got to listen yeah. to our next episode. I did not prepare you for this. Uh oh. Which I apologize for. So I don't <laughs> expect you to have have uh, your own versions of these, but if you come up with any, feel free to throw them at me. Okay. I, uh, so we know that like um, the Yellow Jackets PR people had put out the superlatives mm, mm-hmm. for our Yellow Jackets. Notably, the one with Mari saying that she's most likely to contact you on Facebook after 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Which gives us the the leads to the question: Is Mari still alive somewhere? Which I think is entirely possible. I came up with some of my own superlatives that Ooh. I would like to uh, ask you: Who you think 
this would be. Um, and I think that I created these in the mindset of if they had never gotten trapped in the woods. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Yeah. Theoretically. I mean, this is like their, this is like sort of knowing what we know about their characters, yeah. but if they graduated when they were supposed kind to, kind of more what normally. Su- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is most likely to have gone to a basement punk show while at Rutgers or to be a part of that scene. Matt. Yeah. I think that has to be Matt, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's probably in one of the bands. Exactly. Yeah. She's the coolest. Or I guess, I guess I could have maybe, yeah, no, Nat, Nat. I think she's the obvious choice. I could see maybe like Van being a part of that scene, mm-hmm. but like Nat would be yeah. in a band. Um, <laughs> these say more think about me than anyone else. Um, <laughs> you'll know why when I say this one. Most likely to move away and then make New Jersey her entire personality. <laughs> if I can't call myself out, who can? My first thought was Shauna. Mm. But depending on where we're going, I could also see that being Mari. Uh-huh. Um, I could see that. I kind of was weirdly thinking Misty, but I think that's just because I think she's desperate to hold on to. Yeah. Like, whatever is the most sort of like significant about her past yeah maybe i I guess i don't i just i was thinking my first thought was like who could i imagine most likely to move away right Um, and i just don't see misty as somebody who's like interested in leaving that's true yeah very true um again this may be saying more about me than anyone else (laughs) (laughs) this all came to me this morning uh most likely to get really into plants during the pandemic (laughs) see now that's misty to me Really? Yeah, I could see hmm. Misty being a weirdly obsessive plant parent with, like, names and personalities for all of them. and Right. Yeah, I but could see But maybe they're that. all also, weird little plants. Like, it's like Venus flytraps and stuff, maybe. Th- that's exactly where I was going, was that it's, just, <laughs> it's like a little shop of horrors yeah, yeah. Uh, house. Exactly. I could see that. that oh, man. Sense to me. Little shop of Can I just put this into the universe? This is This is really... I'm about to be absolute internet cringe and I'm so sorry, but I didn't know what I needed in my heart was Misty and Walter doing uh, Suddenly, Suddenly Seymour. Seymour. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Isn't that perfect? It is perfect. Maybe next season we'll yeah. see it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, yes. Who, okay. uh, who's your? I think Misty makes sense. I was thinking more in terms of the, like cringe instagram plant person that oh, i was Lottie. during the pandemic yes <laughs> of course of course yes Lottie. yes taking aesthetic photos of the mm-hmm. new leaves on her uh monstera yeah. yeah yeah absolutely you're so right hanging crystals in the window exactly for the rainbows yeah 100 percent um this one does not relate to me at all but i was just randomly i spend too much time on tiktok these days <laughs> And I was no, I was noticing as if I'm like the first person to know this, um, like people's videos blow up for random things on mm-hmm. TikTok, right? Like, you know, uh, power washing yeah. is like <laughs> it's a thing, thing now, yeah, on TikTok. Um, so my superlative was most likely to blow up on TikTok, and for what? 
I don't have an answer to this one. This just kind oh, of like occurred that. to me in the morning. Yeah. Maybe it's just because Lottie's on the brain. And I also, TikTok is not something I spend much time on, but I've been dabbling mm-hmm. lately, but my algorithm is so confused. Mm. And I just watched somebody make a drink that somebody else, quote unquote, invented that was just blending four entire lemons or maybe it was two, whatever, a bunch of lemons and a big knob of ginger and some honey and then straining it and drinking it and saying it was very delicious, Um, which is like if you think the health benefits are there, fine, but don't. That's not good. (laughs) Um, uh, And I'm somebody who has eaten an entire lemon once in my life. Famously. (laughs) Um, and so I could see Lottie blowing up on TikTok for some weird wellness drink, but that's not really I... a wellness drink. That's just some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. With ashwagandha. <laughs> ashwagandha. Exactly. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> I, maybe this is just because I want to see this. I could see Van starting a whole genre of videos of just like tapes rewinding. <laughs> wow. I would love... Like the old that. school, like yeah, I, box yeah. rewinders uh-huh. that we had. Yep, and she like introduces the, the video, so you see, it's like, and today we're gonna be rewinding while you were sleeping, and like holds the, we're gonna cut Wait, this, this, and we're gonna. Is this a million this, dollar idea? <laughs> I would watch a million of those. Is this a million dollar idea? Do oh, I need man. to go to the thrift and store and get a hear the snap, the like slap yeah. down, and the oh yeah. man, yeah. Is this just for people who worked the, at video stores and had to do it 500 times a day? And then the sound of it day? going back into the plastic oh, case. Oh, man. And the snapping of the case shut. And depending on which case, if it was one of the clamshells, and you kind of go around and make sure the edges were all like clack, clack. Mm. Yeah. So wow. that's my vote then. Van doing a whole thing on on uh, TikTok of rewinding videotapes. Jody, you're a genius. I, I think I might be, actually, now after that. I think you do need to go get an old-fashioned rewind and a bunch of VHS tapes. To to, and... Yeah. I still have some VHS tapes. I would. I don't have anything to play that. them on. But well, this isn't for playing them. This is for rewinding them. Well, I yeah. guess you'll have to play them to rewind them. Right. Right. Yeah, that is a wrinkle, actually. <laughs> you didn't think about that. I can't believe that what's going to happen when we hang up is I'm going to go online and buy an old VCR and an old I mean... rewinder, and it's not. And I have ADHD, so I have a mighty need to do that right now. And then I'm going to forget and do nothing with it. And then for the rest of my life, I'm just going to have to lug around a VCR and an automatic rewinder. I'm so sorry. You did this. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't think my last one is as good as that one, so I kind of want to cut it. But my last one was most likely to move to New York City after college and never speak of being from Jersey ever again. It is... It, I know that this isn't true for the actor. This is the opposite of true for the actor who plays this person. But there is a part of me that thinks that Ty would thrive, would imagine herself thriving in New York City mm-hmm. and would imagine her vision for her perfect life would be one that that ex- that is like that has to happen in New York City. I think I, Ty is the answer. I know that Tawny is sitting oh, up in a, a cold. Oh, she's a Jersey tomato. Yeah, that's right. She's sitting she's up in a, a cold sweat right now because I dared mention the idea that a character she plays wouldn't, at her heart, be New Jersey. No, Tawny's a Jersey tomato. We know that. But <laughs> something we no, all I do think say about ourselves always and always have. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> Tawny, my God. But I do think that Ty is the answer. 
I think that she has she has suppressed her past almost more than anyone else and is so about striving and professionalism and making her present and future as different from her past as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like most Jersey girls that grew up and felt that way at least started by moving to New York because it was yeah. the closest place to do that. That is uh, North Jersey. That is South Jersey erasure because some um, of us Fair. moved to Philly. But yeah. 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 But that's that's not the same as moving to New York. It's not the same. Like, you're right for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is that Philly is a lot easier to get into and out of and cheaper um, than it is seriously to get into and out of New York. So you can people aren't like I know that people commute to New York for work, but like you can't you don't move to Philly and leave New Jersey behind. It's right there. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Like moving to New York City is extremely expensive even then but also psychologically it's sort Mm -hmm. of a huge leap Mm -hmm. it's like especially if you grow up where i did in north jersey where you can kind of see it across the river a lot of times it's like this mythical even though i went there a lot as a kid like are we are all our school trips were to like museums in new york city um my mom would take me in but you know what a pain it is to do it it's like a day like even if it's a thing yeah philly it's like i'll pop over real quick because i want to get a good cup of coffee and there's a cafe yeah like you're not doing that when i was and when i was growing up new york was it was Mm pre-giuliani pre uh you know trying to make everything sort of disnified and right, yeah. and more expensive and all of those things gentrified whatever um but it was sort of a wild place in mm-hmm. my in in all of our brains i think at that time so i think tawny tawny's a true jersey tomato but i think ty would move to new york and never speak of jersey again yeah yeah but we would know anyway because of the accent that's right I'm sad we don't have a Tony's accent corner <laughs> this week, but I did not did not pull any clips. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I can't even remember. I was weirdly. Uh, I needed a little a little Yellow Jackets detox. I think. Um, yeah. This week after, I needed to put some space between me and the finale to be able to come back a little more objectively, which I think we did. Yeah, um, I did too. And then I rewatched the whole season. Yeah. I don't know that I want to make any predictions for season three right now um no. if you've got any um i, I wonder don't if maybe I have... we save go ahead no i was just gonna say i just have questions i don't have predictions um, um so, so maybe if you want to run through those we'll we'll probably do some sort of ramp up before yeah. the season three premiere 100 um, percent. i don't but... even know that we need to go through the questions because i think that they're they're obvious things like what the fuck happened to crystal's body <laughs> oh yeah like you know, what's going to happen to Ben? Are they going to find out that he burned down the cabin? Did he actually burn down the cabin? Probably. But, but yeah. you know, we don't know for sure. Um, are we going to figure out the symbol eventually? Like all those things. You know, they're the questions that everybody has. They're mm-hmm. nothing nothing special. Um, we'll find out or we won't. I, I fucking hope the writer's strike ends eventually. Oh, God. Solidarity with the writers for sure. Absolutely, but, and take the time you we need want them to, to get, get what the... they need. Exactly. Do we want to let folks know before we head out what we're sort of thinking for the off season yeah. and what our plans are? Yeah. So we're going to take a couple week break um, because some of us, 
just finished a semester and got dental <laughs> surgery and need some time to breathe. Um, and I also don't want to rush into any anything. No, that's the thing. So we're looking to continue podcasting together in the off season um, about things we're excited about. And that is sort of the key to it, right? Like we love talking about the show because we both got super excited about it. So we don't want to just pick up on a random show that happens to be out at this time um, because that doesn't feel a, like it'll be any fun for us, but also be like, it won't be fun for anyone else to listen right. to. So we're looking at um, current shows, other shows that we've been passionate about um, different formats, whether it's like looking at, movies in the same kind of genre or um we've talked about introducing each other to our other favorite shows things like that so we will come back with some more uh concrete details about that in the next week or two and then we'll be back um probably in about two weeks yeah i would say i'll um we'll obviously post, post on social update. media and i'll drop yeah. something quick in the feed the week before just to mm -hmm. let folks know if there's something that we're you know you want to watch with us um, yeah we've had i've had a couple we've had a couple of um interesting suggestions for things that that we're going to check out and see how we feel um it's been really cool to see what other people who love yellow jackets are also clicking with that i never yeah. heard of or would have thought to seek out and even if we don't end up covering them selfishly i'm excited to have some shows to check out in the meantime yeah. um so um yeah i um we have a review since last we we talked um yeah on, on mike you and i jody that i'd like to share before we Head out if uh I would love that. Okay. And this is from Laura, oh nine two three one four. And uh I said, Best Yellow Jackets pod. I've tried several other Yellow Jackets pods. Sadly I couldn't get through a whole episode. This Yellow Jackets pod is it. Love the banter between Aww. the hosts and that they live in New Jersey. Um which <laughs> and you know that they're just to for honesty's sake i have mentioned this i i do no longer live in new jersey i live in northern new jersey which is rhode island for, um, we'll say from new jersey aggressively aggressively from new jersey correct yeah. um, i i live in rhode island but i have made new jersey a significant part of my personality <laughs> even before this podcast as oh, is yeah. evidenced by the fact that Andrea and this I met why we're friends. through exactly. a New Jersey podcast. Yeah. Um, um, it's a great yeah. pod. Thanks, guys. So thank Yay. you so, so much. That feels so good. I'm, it, it's it so does, nice Especially to because hear. if you can't make it through another podcast, ours is really fucking long. <laughs> well, okay. Here's something. Well, maybe we close out with this. One of the first things I said was, in that season one recap, we are like, this is going to be a longer episode. But mm -hmm. I promise... Yeah. Our episodes will not be longer than the episodes of the show itself. Has not happened one time. I lied. Oh, boy, did I Has lie big time. Has not happened one time. And it's not going to happen this nope. time. Nope. And I, it is not. So thank you for folks who do listen. I know that they're like, again, I said that because I thought that's what other people wanted. But I don't listen to any podcast that's under an hour about anything. Like, I love... <laughs> I love to really settle into whatever I'm listening to. And if, you know, our, our listeners, I'm, it seems like are, are the same. So I really appreciate, or if you're not, thank you for sticking around. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. We have been, we've been having a good time. So it's good to know that other people have also been enjoying it. Yeah. 
We're going to keep doing it either way, but I, I love hearing yeah. from folks. Oh, um, I meant to say, I want to hear more than anything, uh, listeners, if you have either other cases to make for Jody's superlatives, if you think there are other characters Ooh. who fit them better, yeah. or if you have your superlatives own. of your own. Yeah. Let us know yeah. on Twitter and or Instagram uh, mm-hmm. at WatchersPodNJ. Yes, um, please. Please. And we are we are both uh, floating around on Reddit. If you can, it's not too hard to figure out who we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to tell us there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we will be back in a couple weeks. Um, everybody take a breath. We will uh, be ingesting some more content and and discussing it ingesting is is not the right word for this show any other show this has Uh. been so fun i'm not signing off as if we're actually saying goodbye it's just no you know it's a whole season i know all done i know it's been really so much fun and i've loved getting to talk with you jody and to watch our little show together and to share it with other people and yeah and i will say I think everybody will understand this and know this instinctively, but if that bonus episode drops, <laughs> oh, we're here. Course. We're here for you. Don't when say that drops. If. Don't no, say when if. that. I meant. I meant actually, <laughs> if it drops before we we're going to meet again. Oh, which is probably not going to. Right. I, I think that because of the writer's strike and a number of other things, they are not releasing it anytime soon. But if. It happened to drop at a time when we were not actively podcasting about a show. We would be on the mic like the next day. I think that's true for anything. If we end up covering another show, like episode by episode for some reason in the off season, whenever cabin that a cabin episode drops, that's what we're covering the following Tuesday. Absolutely, be prepared for that. A hundred percent. Yes. So I just wanted to put that out there. We've got your yes. back. <laughs> I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you said that. Um, yes. Yeah, we hope you guys will stick with us in the off season. Uh, if you don't, I guess we'll see you back for season three. But but hang around. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about, about movies and TV and, and feminism. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that good stuff. Yeah. So, and follow us on our, uh, on our personal Instagrams if oh, you yeah. feel like it. Uh, mine is Jody underscore Mim, M-I-M, on Instagram. And I'm at AQ Andrew Q on Twitter and Instagram. And that's Come it. Say hello. We will see you in a couple of weeks. See you soon. Bye. Bye.